I've got some great news for Football Nation Radio listeners. Our supportive partner, Northern Motor Group, is offering $250 off any in-stock vehicle this end of financial year. That's if you take delivery before the 30th of June. With eight big car brands, MG, Nissan, Kia, Isuzu Ute, Jeep, Ram, Samsung, Peugeot and Pacific Caravans, it's literally a one-stop shop for all your driving needs. Plus, with over 150 quality pre-owned vehicles, Northern Motor Group really does have your next vehicle purchase ready and waiting. Don't wait. Visit www.northernmotorgroup.com.au today. They're in Grimshaw Street, Bundura, and tell them George sent you. LMCT 6595. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Yes, driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Meet him up, one now! This is the fuck that someone's talking junk, y'all I bust him in the eye, and then I'll pick the pump, I don't feel it, talking, answering, jumping, I got more pops in the cap than a junkie, don't have a shot, so now I got Hello and welcome to Radio Dub. Definitely heard way longer of the intro than usual. I definitely missed the cue there, but people who didn't miss the cue were the MPL players, MPL women's players, because another exciting week of MPL Victoria football, some great action, all culminated in to the Nike FC Cup last night. Mm. That was a pretty good game. We called that. Um... What game do you want to start with? We've, we've got an exciting interview later on. Straight to business, Procure. Straight that's, into it. That's how you start a podcast, Oscar, usually. Waste no time. Just get, get, head into it. Yeah, no, look, it was. It was a really interesting weekend of football, wasn't it? There were plenty of goals. Uh, I think it was really interesting to see Calder United kind of find their feet again against Alamein with a really impressive win. Box Hill, we spoke a lot about them last week, and they've, they've picked up another win, albeit quite an expected one. We've got new league leaders in South Melbourne, of course, who, with their win over emerging are on top and they're level with Berlin, who perhaps in the biggest game of the round got the 2-0 win over Heidelberg and perhaps that's as appropriate a place as any to start. That game happening at the Veneto Club on, on Monday night, Berlin 2, Heidelberg United 0. I'm not sure how much you saw of this game, Pakua, but it was... Uh, look, it, it wasn't a footballing spectacle per se. Both teams had a lot of trouble playing through their opposition, which I don't think was overly surprising because I don't think it's the strength of either team to, you know, the slow, intricate build-up through a set defence. Both goals ended up coming from corners or from a corner. There was the Claudia Miocic was like a second ball uh, directly following the corner and then Aroha Little uh, with the flick on header into the back post near the end of the game, which probably summed it up. It was looking like that was as likely a route to goal as any. But, you know, Berlin, they've got so much quality and they've gotten, they've strung a number of wins together now and that's the reason that they're equal on points with South Melbourne at the top. Yeah, I don't think they've... I still haven't... Still yet to see them put through a, like a full 90 minutes of really good football that I think that we're all expecting from them. But I think for now it's all about getting those three points on the board and an important three points with a Heidelberg side that is still really strong and a very competitive side to face. But always at the Ven, Berlin at the Ven is still a tough task. I can't remember exactly what their like recent record there. I don't think it's particularly pretty, but they are uh, still a really difficult side down at the Ven, especially on a Monday night and it's pretty cold as well. So, mm. uh but it does I, get cold there. Why does it get so cold at the Veneto Club? No idea if there's water. I'm, I'm bad at geography, we've discovered on this podcast. <laughs> so I don't have no idea if there's water near it and that's what makes it cold. But either way, yeah. Melbourne definitely hates definitely hates winter because it's not pretty. But I love it. So thank you, Melbourne. Appreciate that. Yeah, look, they haven't lost at the Ven this season uh, in the league. Which probably fair few draws in that that probably should have been three points to be for, fair. for sure they, they have drawn I think a lot more than they've won but but they are still unbeaten which is what Caitlin Friend will be taking away with them it was uh it was it was interesting I mean the, the halftime substitutes that Matt Markovsky didn't start and then was brought on at the start of the second half uh, straight away had a, a golden opportunity where she was sent the ball from in, in point-blank range where she sent it right at Melissa Maisel's and I thought that they looked Berlin, this has looked better going forward with Markovsky just because of the way they were playing. 
So in the first half, it was kind of Tiff Eliadis is out, false nine, Grace Taranto was out on the wing, and then and then they made the halftime substitution with Taranto coming off for Markovsky, so Markovsky could go into the striker position, Tiff Eliadis just behind her, and Janchevsky could move out to the wing, which is probably a bit more what we'd expect to see going forward from Berlin, and that made them look a bit more likely. But yeah, it was, it was a territory game where... Berlin pinned back Heidelberg for nearly the whole thing. There was just really the end of the first half where Heidelberg got it a bit up the other end of the pitch. That didn't really lead to the creation of high-quality opportunities for either side. I think the other point that's worth noting is that the opening goal for Berlin, when it came from the corner, which Claudia Miocic put away the second ball, that came because Melissa Maisels came to claim a, a, a long-range shot, which wasn't on target or anything. It wasn't looking particularly threatening, and she fumbled it behind for a corner. So a really disappointing moment there for an experienced goalkeeper to unnecessarily give away that set-piece opportunity. With that being said, I don't want to just throw Mel under the bus because there was also one of the best saves I've seen this season about 10 minutes later when she threw it out and it kind of went straight to Alani Anjevsky, who fired from range and it was a really good strike it was hit with lots of pace and it was curling and there was this brilliant diving save from from Melissa Mazels to, to keep it at 1-0 at the time so a bit of a an up and down performance from the Heidelberg goalkeeper too yeah certainly but uh, I think for just before I think Berlin have only lost one game this year I think it was to Bayside yes. earlier in the year so just wanted to say that but I, I think that for Berlin it's all about the steps because obviously they're making the grand final last year and, and missing out. They probably were the, I think, walking and saying you thought Calder were going to win that game anyway. Mm. So I think it's all about going one step further for Bulleen. And, you know, I think they're, they're on the right path. I, I'm still waiting on that, that great performance uh, that I think that we all expect, particularly in this league. Obviously there is a little bit more, uh, it's more parity within the squads this year, but... I do still think they comfortably looking at their squad. They have the best in the competition. So valiant effort from Heidelberg, obviously a really tough opponent, but uh, good win for Berlin in the end. I thought for a second you said parody in the squads, like but Berlin are just a parody of an A-League team at this point. They're really just, it's no, a joke, no, no, it the amount of quality that they have. But no, I, in the league. I accept your point that the, the league is much more even. I'm really excited for Berlin's next game at the Venn, which is not this coming week, but the week after. Uh, on that Monday night, the 26th of June, save the date, because that's when they're playing South Melbourne, the two teams who, as we speak, are top of the league. That will probably not be the case by the time we get there. Uh, But that should be a really excellent contest, which I think tells us a lot about both of those sides. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll head to, we'll switch and go talk about South Melbourne, their performance against uh, FE emerging, that 2-1 win, I thought. Good win for South Melbourne in the end. Obviously got them to the top of the table. I think FV Emerging made it a little bit as difficult as they possibly could make it in that game. And for South, for South, I, I've liked their football. I didn't particularly love their football last night in the Nike FC Cup game. Mm. But uh, I think a, a solid win against a, a difficult opponent because you never really know what sort of FV Emerging side you are going to face ultimately. And they didn't make it easy on South Melbourne, but I think it was a, a good win for them in the end. Yeah, well, they, they did what they needed to do, really, didn't they? It was it was Brianne Reid, hint, hint, uh, who scored that 90th-minute goal with the, with the header. Uh, not the first time this season she's popped up with with one of those moments. But, yeah, it wasn't a particularly good South Melbourne performance. I, I've bigged them up a bit over the last few weeks, and I didn't think they were that great against FB Emerging. And I really think we should actually, probably should have started with talking about the, the Nike FC Cup game that we called last night because... That was South Melbourne against Preston Lions as well. And you can probably draw a lot of comparisons between South Melbourne's game against FV Emerging and their game against Preston in that in neither situation were they particularly... Did they look particularly good? Were they in any way at their best? And in both cases, they found that late goal to get the win. There's something in there of a sporting cliche about good teams finding ways to win even when they're not at their best. And that's what South Melbourne have done. They've got the bye coming up. They're into the cup semifinals. So on the whole... They're doing what they need to do, even though they're not performing, although I'm still holding out a bit of hope that they'll be able to put together a full performance at some point in this season, because if they do, I reckon it will look really good, and I reckon they'll be really hard to stop. Yeah, I think I'll touch a little bit on the game from yesterday. I thought that for South Melbourne, they got better in the game the more Francesca Yamano got on the ball, and I think she's a really great player in creating stuff and ability to ride challenges and and see the game out. So I think when she's on the ball a little bit more, it's particularly 
good for that side. But I also think Letitia McKenna is a big key for them as well. Obviously, she's playing that sixth role for them with Misha Westland playing a little bit further in front of her. I'd wonder if maybe putting McKenna a little further forward would help South Melbourne to unlocking their full potential. And I don't know if they've got a natural like six replacement that is as good as McKenna, but I think that her game is suited to that eight role and she opens the game up so much and she wants to go forward. Playing her in the six sometimes sees her a little bit more reserved than I'd like to watch her play. Well, she scored the winning goal last night, didn't she? And it was it was a really good one. The run that she made got past a number of Preston players and then the finish was, was pretty good as well. She's a player who I think we haven't seen as much of perhaps as maybe she deserves or we'd like at A-League level in particular, in particular sorry. Uh, and she's really shining at the moment for, for South Melbourne and, and, and stepping up when a team's needing it most. But yeah, I agree. It's, it's a really interesting midfield composition that South Melbourne have because on paper it's one of the best in the league when you look at, you know, Misha Westland, Letitia McKenna, uh, they've also got Dragana Klaich coming off the bench, but Franny Amano has spent a lot of time in that central midfield position as well. So perhaps almost similar to Berlin, still one of those instances where just need a couple more weeks to find the patterns, kind of get them fully embedded and comfortable for everybody in there, for those players who joined a bit of the way into the season. Maybe that's being a bit too generous and kind and maybe they're just not executing right now to the level that we should expect of them. But either way, for the time being, both South Melbourne and Berlin are getting the results that they need, as South Melbourne did by getting into the into the Cup semi-final last night. Yeah, and I want to touch on also for Preston. I think Preston mm. were very... I think maybe South Melbourne probably deserved the result if for the whole of the 90 minutes, but because they did have some like great, great opportunity in the first half for Misha Westland, which where she... I think she has some nightmares about that. Uh, but I think Preston as a whole, I liked the switch of Delaney Lindau going to play at left back and Caitlin Torpy coming to play at right wing. I like that switch was done about just about like 40 minutes into the 40 minutes. Into the well, they moved hour. a bit throughout the game, yeah, didn't but, they? But, yeah. but that natu- once they did commit to that, mm. I, I thought that was that opened things up. And I think Caitlin Torpy. Obviously, she is naturally a defender, but she's got so much attack, attacking tendencies that maybe in a league like the MPL, she would be better suited for Preston's attack, playing further forward and you know just maybe tweaking the formation a little bit to utilise her a little bit better. I thought Emma Checker was a little, was unlucky with the, the own goal. Uh, there wasn't really much that uh, Christine Fanua could do in that moment. But I thought for Preston as well, Mira Nishimura, the more she got into the game as well, the the better they were. So just a few key players, they need to find the ball a little bit more. I think sometimes they get caught sitting at the back for too long and absorbing too much pressure that they can't really, you know, go forward and attack as freely as they would like. But uh, either or, it was, it was an interesting game of football, that was for sure. Interesting, yeah. I, I agree it was interesting. I mean, a big win for the Radio Dub brand to have... Caitlin Torpy and Miranda Templeman involved in that first goal. We're always expanding our reach and trying to get new players in the radio dub bubble so that we can claim more and more credit when people do good things. And I think we might be taking an important step in that process today, Pakua. Absolutely. I think that here on Radio Dub, we only we we have to aim for excellence and uh, we have to aim to get players on that exude excellence. And we saw that last night from this player. We are lucky enough to be joined by... Brianne Reid uh, from South Melbourne centre-back. Brianne, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're good. Thank you very much. I'm really, I'm not going to lie. I knew who you were, obviously, love the NPL, so I knew who you were, right? And then uh, our uh, amazing co-host uh, sometimes, uh, Miranda Templeman, posted you on her story. And I was like, oh, <laughs> let me just, let me, and it was the, the late, you know, the winner that you scored on the weekend. I was like, let me just click on her page real quick. And then I saw that you were, uh, you're from Dare to Dream. Am I, have I said it? Right to Dream. Right to Dream. Every time, no, do you know what these, I switch Right and Dream every time. In my, I, I do it all the time. Um, but from Right to Dream, which I love because obviously they've got a base in Ghana as well, that Ghana-Danish collab. I want to, can you explain how you got involved with them and how that all came about? Yeah, sure. So I played uh, for four years at FC Norshallen. And FC Norshalen is in Denmark, but it's owned by this academy in Ghana called Right to Dream. And one of my first weeks there, the founder, Tom, came and sat with us and just explained what Right to Dream is and why it was important to the club. 
And from the moment he started talking about it, I was like, this is something that it just, it aligned with a lot of things with me. I love football. I love girls in football. I love girls caring about football who also care about their education. Um, so as soon as I heard about that, I was like, this is something that I want to stick around for. See, I, I love that because we've got some some great players, obviously. In the men's side, it's easy. Muhammad Kudus, love him as a Ghana native. The World Cup was a special, was a special time for me. And obviously, I've been... Pardon? I said you can't not love him. He's no, great. you can't. He's fantastic, and Arsenal should sign him. But that's not the <laughs> point. Uh, I hearing about it, and obviously you may went to Ghana with uh, with uh, Right to Dream. What was your experience like in Ghana, and where did you go? Uh, so I actually I went two times. I went to the academy, um, and the first time I went, I was with the U eighteen girls team, and I was like a chaperone and leader on that trip. Um, and we spent time at the academy with the kids. We sat in on some of their classes. We had trainings. The second time I went, I went for our preseason camp. We went to Ghana. We played against um, Hazaka's Ladies, which was the, um, that was the first time a European and an African team had played in on African soil, which was awesome. We went to Elmina Slave Castle, and that experience was so much more cultural um, and just getting an opportunity to, to see where my people potentially came from I don't know but it was it was an emotional trip but it was it was incredible I I feel so privileged to be able to have gone down to the academy and interacted with the kids um and just get to experience all that see I I I love that so you've actually traveled more places in Ghana than I have and I'm a little embarrassed (laughs) about it um so we're just gonna we're gonna move on Oscar you got a question for Brie? So many questions for Rue because it's, it is such a, a fun story and an interesting one. I mean, you spoke, Rue, about the combination between football and education and I think just a more holistic life in general experience. What does Right to Dream do on like a day-to-day basis that enables them to combine all those parts and to do it so well and to be so effective in that mission? Yeah, so um, a big part of the academy is the kids grow up in that academy. They're playing football they're going to school. Um, and then once they reach the age of, I can't remember what their graduating age is, but the kids have the opportunity to either go to Denmark to pursue a professional career with FC Northland. They can go to universities in the UK or they go over to the US and they go to a boarding school to potentially go to college. Um, and when I heard about that, I still work with some of the girls who've graduated and her, who are in the US now. Um, and kind of figuring out the college system because I've been through it, so I want to be able to help them uh, the ways that I can. And see, I love that. I love that. I I, I hope that uh, ultimately this leads to Ghana winning the World Cup, um, the Women's World <laughs> Cup. And uh, that's, that's the goal I'm of everything, ready. really. I'm at the ready. end of the day, I am. I'm set. It's all. It's it's a uh, yeah. It's all about Ghana here for, for me. But um, I've got to, obviously you've made your way down to the MPL. How was life treating you in the NPL? Obviously, when you're scoring late winners, it, it makes you feel pretty good and you're probably living on cloud nine at that point. Yeah, I, I am 100% enjoying myself and I play my best football when I am just having fun. And I felt like that's what the NPL has offered me. Um, I came to Australia because I've been wanting to play here for a few years. And with the World Cup aligning this summer, I was like, there's no way I'm going to miss this opportunity. I'll come play in the NPL, hopefully make my name for my, make a name for myself and then hopefully get on an A-League team. See that? I like that. Nessie, I like that ambition because... Big planning. Big yeah. planning. You know, so we only have big planners here on Radio Dub. We don't have, you know, small thinkers. It's not Visionaries. visionaries. We're, not yeah. even, we're not even trying those things. Now, Bray, I've got to ask, watching your game... Something I'm really like was really impressed with because uh, the first time I've ever seen you play live was yesterday in the Nike FC Cup game, and I thought you you read the game so well and you're so quick to to attack and you're always a, a, on the front foot as a defender. Which sometimes some defenders, you know, they tend to sit back, as you would know, they sit back and just and then you know at the right try to wait almost for the perfect time. But you're always on the front foot, and I really like that about your game. How was your game developed throughout your career? Were you always sort of like that or I just completely misread the type of player that you are? (laughs) No, I truly, I didn't learn how to be a defender until I got to college. So when I was 18, I had a coach who actually decided that they wanted to teach me how to play and all the things it takes to be a good defender. Um, And she was the one that kind of set me on the path, kind of gave me all these foundations. 
Um, I've always had kind of a natural athletic ability. I never would have thought that I'd be playing soccer, but I'm apparently pretty good at it. Um, (laughs) But my game has evolved so much from just being like a pure power player running through people and just sprinting all the time to having to be a bit more tactical and read the game a bit more. Imagine being such a talented individual Honestly. that you just accidentally end up Honestly. being one of the best players in MPLW. It just happens. It just happens. Just a thing of life, you know uh, what I mean? Uh, Brie, before we just move on to this point, what other sports were you thinking about playing? Like, were you just, was it, was it track and field? Like, what was the vibe? So I thought I was going to be an Olympic gymnast. Gymnastics had my heart from age three, and I was for sure that's what I was going to do. I had a scary injury that kind of made me scared of gymnastics, and then I was like, okay, well, I've been playing soccer too. Let's like actually Let's try with this. Yeah, exactly. I, I threw a little bit of track in there. I loved it. I was a jumper and I did basketball too, but that, let me tell you, it's not my forte. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You can't be great at everything. Yeah, just, just a couple <laughs> yeah, just of sports couple, will do. Just a couple of sports. You know, I'm scared of gymnastics, but for very different reasons. And it's got nothing to do with injuries, <laughs> but that's fair enough. I don't Look, think you can reach your toes, Oscar. I don't believe you. Oh, no chance. Yeah, no. no chance. <laughs> Uh, I would love just a drip of the quality that Brianna Reid has or the, the talent, but that's okay. We'll, we'll continue to live our lives as it is. I mean, I want to go back to the point that you were talking about coming to Australia, Brianna, where you were saying that there were a few reasons or you'd wanted to come to Australia for a number of years. And of course, there is the World Cup, as you mentioned. But were there any other reasons that you'd been given as to why this might be the route you'd like to take? Or I guess I'm trying to get what was the reputation of Australia overseas when you were hearing about it? Yeah. So I've had a few friends who played in the NWSL who in their off season, they were coming to Australia to play in what was the W League. Um, And after hearing about their experiences, I was like, this sounds like something I'm interested in. And I have a friend who plays for Victory, um, Catherine Zimmerman. We uh, played club soccer together back in New Jersey. And when I was thinking about her, I was sending her messages like, tell me what it's like, blah, 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 getting all the details. And the more she was talking about it, I was like, this sounds like a fit for me. I'm ready for something new. Um, Australia's been on my list, so now's the time. See, we, we appreciate it. Friend of the show, Catherine Zimmerman. She's actually. done all right in Australia. She's, she's coming right. down. She scores a few too. goals, a couple yeah. of world seasons. A couple of championships, you know, yeah, just as you bad. do. No, no, we, we like Zim here on the show. She's fantastic. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you, obviously, you've played – You've played at the highest level in terms of playing for your national team and playing for the Dominican Republic. What was that experience like? And, and when did you find out that you'd made the squad? Uh, it was, it's a weird story because I've always wondered about the Dominican national team. And I did my research. And for many years, it just said, did not enter, did not enter, <laughs> did not enter, talk about the major tournament. So I assumed there was no team. And then eventually my dad was like, let me dig and see what I can find. So we sent an email to the Federation, I think back in at the end of 2020, just for the hell of it to say, hey, let's give it a shot. (laughs) And they they were like, we'd love to have you. We didn't know you were Dominican because my last name is Reed. um, But my mom's maiden name is Perez, which is very Dominican. But you don't know that about me when you look at my name. Um, So then July 2021, I went to my first camp and it is just it is my favorite experience of football at the moment to be able to represent my mom's country. Um, And it's it's just so fun. I love going to camp every time. So not only just fell into football, but also had to go and reach out to a national team to ask them, by the way, do you want me to play for you as opposed yeah, to the other way around? You guys like, missing out. Yeah, like, you, hello? You <laughs> Have you seen me play football? Are you, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? <laughs> so you, you, you've had those experiences. You've played in a number of countries now. Brian, what's the bigger picture goal, visions? What would you like to achieve with your football career going forward? Um, Man, that's a good question. I'm already playing a lot longer than I thought I was going to. Um. I still would like to get a Champions League game under my belt. Um, we'll see if with the time left that I have in football, if I can do that. But I mean, that is that is like the crown of football. And to be able to say that I played in a Champions League game would just like that would that would tick off my last box, I think. That, no, that, I think that's a, that's a really good goal. I yeah. like that. I like that. But don't play against Arsenal. We don't like that. We don't, <laughs> we don't need, uh, we don't need any, anything. But for Arsenal. But for Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> hey, right, please. We would be happy. Uh, I wanted to MPL life. Who? What's the squad? What's been like getting to know the squad? Is there any Australian lingo that you're just not 
familiar, but you're not really understanding that we could like help you understand right now? You know, I've done my research. The first week, um, Arvo was thrown out there. Mm. Yeah. And I thought it was an incorrect spelling of avo, meaning avocado. (laughs) That's ever. To learn June. And there's a few other phrases. Australians use reckon a lot. They're like, I reckon we'll go to the movies. I'm like, for us, reckon wasn't used, like, unless you live way down south and you have a southern accent. (laughs) That's how you would, a great way to describe Australian culture sometimes. (laughs) What, way down south? (laughs) Way down south (laughs) with an accent. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's a few few little words here and there that I'm like, huh, I got to add that to my vocab, see if I can make it sound natural. (laughs) No fair. I mean, broader life in Australia. Has anything surprised you about living in, in Melbourne or in Australia more generally? Um, honestly, you know, it was really surprising. The Greek culture influence in Melbourne. I remember looking it up before, and I think it's like the biggest Greek population outside of Greek, uh, outside of Greece itself, which was shocking to me because I was like, what are all these Greek people doing down in Australia? <laughs> They're dominating the NPL is what's happening. Well, yeah. I mean, you are in a hotbed of Greek culture oh, in honestly, Melbourne yeah. at South Melbourne, Melbourne Football yeah. Club. So that probably helps that experience. So it just brings it all together. It's 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 fantastic. There is I the, my the thing I appreciate most most about having so many Greeks in Australia is the abundance of Greek food available. Yeah, because uh, it's my number one reason why I go to the NPL games a lot of the times. So when it's <laughs> when I see that it's a a, a formerly, you know, a, a Greek history, you know, mm. a, you know, the club's based in, I'm more than happy to go because I know I'm going to have a great time and also the food is going to be 10 out of 10. There are layers to football in there this are, country, aren't there? There are, there are. Food is number one. And they're though. all very tasty. Yes. Exactly. Food is definitely number one. Uh, Brie, with uh, South Melbourne, who's been a player that you've, when you've watched them at training, you've been like, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. You are, oh, you're that good. Um. I mean, Danny's an easy one. When I was thinking about coming to South, I saw that the leading goal, leading goal scorer from last season moved to South, and I was like, I want to play with her. Um, and then I've also been really impressed uh, by Misha Westland. She came in late in our season, but she just like so seamlessly fits into our team and just kind of organizes our midfield. And yeah, I really enjoy playing with them. I mean, we spoke to Danielle Wise a couple of weeks ago. We were on a bit I of a just, run. I feel like we just get, we, uh, we know, we know football. <laughs> we know football. <laughs> no, well, maybe we're just getting lucky. No, but we spoke to, to, to DJ Wise, as yes, we called her, because she professed to being in charge of She watched music. the interviews. You hear that, Oscar? Oh, we're global. We're, we're global. huge. <laughs> but I, I did want to get your opinion. I mean, does DJ Wise do a good job? Is she, is she getting the vibes right consistently? Are you happy with that environment? Oh yeah, I'm very happy. I can't I can't say the same for like the younger kids in the locker room, but for the like 24 plus in the locker room, we are vibing and it's a good time. <laughs> okay, nice. What are you What are you adding to the to the playlist? What are you What are you making sure that has to be there at least once? Uh, definitely adding some Beyonce into there. Solid, solid. Pete. can't go wrong with that. New stuff or old stuff? What's the vibe? Uh, I like a lot of the old stuff. Yeah, no. I am Sasha Fierce is one of Our my locker room throwback vibes, so I feel like it would fit in. No, no, no. That's, that's solid because Beyonce is a hit maker. Oh yeah. Now, actually, you're actually you just walked into a question that I was debating with my friend a couple months ago after the um oh. after the Super Bowl. Uh, there was a when Rihanna performed, it was fantastic. I asked my friend, I said, and I I didn't pressure her about the what the answer was. I said, who has more hits, Rihanna or Beyonce? Now, since you're a, Beyonce fan, who do you think has more hits? You know, that's that's a deadly question. And and I want to say that, when I say Beyonce, I don't mean no Destiny Child. It doesn't count because that's just like uh, it's too much there. Okay, all right. Here's my breakdown. I think Beyonce has produced albums that have been hits, whereas I think Rihanna has more like one track or one or two tracks off the albums that are big. This is what I'm saying. You see, you understand because we had to. We, this debate got got very serious and very intense. We were looking up Wikipedia stats, and I was, and I was looking at it, and I said, Rihanna's got the numbers to back it up, and I, I think that's the right pick. Not saying one is better than the other. Quite <laughs> frankly, I'm scared of both fan bases, and uh, I don't want anyone to come up to, to haunt me one day. But uh, no, that's a solid pick. Who? What else are we? Who's got the worst music taste? 
Um, not that they'll Ooh. listen to the pod, but um, who's got the worst? Music Throw them day? under the bus. Yeah. Honestly, I can't say because Danny's always DJ and I never complain, <laughs> so nobody messes with that. Okay. DJ Weiss has got an authoritarian DJ. Just doesn't let anyone yeah. else step in. It's 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 exclusively <laughs> DJ Weiss's hits. But look, she does a good job. Yeah. Playing. Well, it sounds like it. Plenty of people are happy with it. And, and, and the team's going well. I mean, talking about the team as a whole, at this stage of the season, top of the league, in the cup semi-final, things are going pretty well for a South Melbourne team that didn't necessarily have things all their way last time round. I mean, I presume that you'll take a lot of the credit for the, for the turnaround <laughs> in South Melbourne's fortunes. Oh, gosh. Why do you guys say things like this? <laughs> I, I mean, it's... It's obviously a team effort. I'm so happy to be here and to be able to do my part for the team, but I don't score all of the goals. I'm not the leading goal scorer on the team. I'm not the one distributing in the midfield. So it, all the pieces come to make you it see, work. You I see, only scored three or four. Oscar, you, know, it's three or four. <laughs> you see these humble people, Oscar, you yeah. know what? This is why they're successful, because I could never. I could never be, be this humble. If Pakua scores three not, goals from centre back, oh, wow. You wouldn't even see me. You would Give not see me. Give it the ballon d'or. It's game I would, over. I would be sending my clips international, okay? God, I'd hold a press conference for myself. That's how serious Would it you would be sending be. them to the Dominican Republic National Head? Just Absolutely. by the way. <laughs> just letting you know. <laughs> what is, um, what's something, actually, I want to, touching on the Dominican Republic, what's something about the style of like Dominican Republic football, because obviously every country, they've kind of got their own sort of identity or is that just kind of slowly progressing at the moment? I think we're still finding it. We just got a new coach and he's Colombian. Um, So it's very much Latin American style of football, which I like because he wants to keep the ball. He doesn't want to just kick it and run. Um, I've done that kind of football and it's no fun. So I appreciate what he's trying to create. But let me tell you, the Latin American flair with the fouls <laughs> is no j- Anytime you touch someone screaming and rolling, doesn't matter if it's men's or women's. I've seen both sides. It, the drama is there. <laughs> I love it, though. I love it. You know, I hate it, but I also love the the, the theatre of it. You know, as individuals who like theatre, Oscar. Oh, we do, yes. we, we, we appreciate it. Yeah. We, I just, I feel like if you're going to commit you know, when you fouled, you've kind of got to do the full shebang. There's no point, you know, if you're going to be a little bit theatrical, there's no point being t- like too small that people don't even re- realise. It's all about adding the excess. You get what I mean? It's a pretty controversial opinion, ah, but yeah, go right. on. It's right. I think it's right. It's not controversial. It's just right, Oscar. <laughs> I mean, would you would you say that South Melbourne, would you draw any comparisons between the South American style of play and what South Melbourne are trying to do? How do you see what George Georgiatis is trying to build in terms of a style of football? Uh, we're very much a possession-oriented team. Um, and I guess, yeah, I could definitely see some parallels there. We will try to keep it as much as we can until the opportunities open up. Um, we're a team that's happy to have the ball, even if teams want to just sit off. We'll keep it, we'll keep it, wait for the time, and then we'll go. And uh, and I think that's why you've loved them a lot, Oscar, mm. this season, because I uh, sometimes I, so it's fun to watch teams run, but also sometimes I just like to keep the ball for five minutes, okay? It'd be nice, <laughs> it'd be nice. It, it calms my nerves, I feel like it calms your nerves, everybody's relaxed and the game goes on nicely, nicely. Um, going back to that Nike FC Cup game last night, against Preston, a really difficult game. It was, at times, got really slow and it was very cagey. How did you find that game and, and that the winner by Letitia McKenna, how are you feeling after that? You're like, oh, I, I told uh, you that. I, I'm happy that we won because to come on the show after losing would have been very, very <laughs> depressing. We, we, we I, definitely sent each other a text being like, thank God they won. Yeah. <laughs> um. But we knew the game was going to be tough. Last time we played Preston, they got a red card early in the game and they were down 10. And I knew it wasn't going to be the same team. Um, So I think we were prepared for the fight that came with it. Kind of had to weather the storm a little bit. But I'm really proud that the team was able to dig ourselves out of that that goal from the start and come back. And literally Letitia just barreling her way through on that second goal. She's a baller. We do. We, we we've had her on the show actually. Season one, yeah. season one radio dub. Mm. We had Letitia McKenna. God, we. Brilliant. You see, you've added to a list of greats. Banger says, after banger. I'm just after telling banger. you, we, Don't know what to say. we only believe in stars. <laughs> we only believe in stars here. But um, I, obviously, you guys have got the bye this week. What is mm-hmm. what's your plans? Are you look walk, going around Melbourne or are you chilling at home? I am actually going out to Queensland. I'm going to go. Do a little uh, Great Barrier Reef trip. Oh, nice. I haven't gotten 
travel much since I've been here and we had the weekend off and I was like, I'm getting out of here. I'm going somewhere sunny and warm and I'm going to go enjoy a beach. <laughs> nice. I, I, I like I, I liked the Great Barrier Reef. Mm. Um, I like that other people like it. I also just can't swim, so it's not for <laughs> me, but um, I like that for you, Brie. <laughs> not going to be a professional swimmer. No, fair enough. I, what about looking a couple months into the future? Oh, well, it's really just over a month now into the future when the yeah. World Cup is here, Brie. How, what, what, what are the plans for, for that month-long celebration? Where are you going to be? What are you going to be doing? Oh, I am going to be trying to catch as many games as possible. Um, I have a few friends who are playing on different teams, um, but there's the Jamaica-Brazil game that's coming here to Melbourne and... It, it pains me that the Dominican Republic didn't make the World Cup, but we lost to Jamaica. So in that sense, yeah. I will support Jamaica and my friends on that team. So I'm so excited for that game um, to just be there and support them. And if somehow I can score um, tickets for the final, I think they moved our game because originally we had a game on the 20th. And I think they moved it. And if I can somehow score tickets, I will fly out to Sydney and I will go to that game. No, I, I'm with you on that. I, I, yeah. I, I'm very much so looking forward to that Jamaica Brazil game. Jamaica Brazil, what a game! No, honestly, that's, that's I, all the style almost, in the world. But this is the question, Bree: is that would that game be better watched at the stadium or in a bar with Jamaican and Brazilian fans? That's an excellent question because I have a friend who's going to be here visiting, and I'm like, do we go to the game mm. or do we go to a bar and find the vibe and just enjoy in that environment i don't know which it'll yeah. be i think it's gonna have to be a game time decision honestly i might i might hit up some of my jamaican <laughs> friends and be like are you guys throwing a, a party or something Let me about <laughs> i just i need to figure out because obviously love to you know go to the game and, and buy a ticket but i'm all about the vibes i believe in the vibes mm-hmm. seriously and i'm just trying to weigh up where would be the better vibes but i know that the jamaican and brazilian fans would make so much noise at the stadium anyway yeah. though so it's also going to be such an incredible atmosphere there. Now, Brie, I've just got to say, we really appreciate you coming onto the show today and appreciate you putting up with us, uh, putting you in awkward positions co- yeah. uh, constantly. Uh, constantly. It's, it's the vibe of the show and um, it probably will change one day, but right now it's unlikely. <laughs> unlikely. So we really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, good win last night and uh, good luck with the rest of the season. Enjoy Queensland yeah. as well. And thanks for thanks for having me on. This was fun. No, no stress at all. And uh, we will head to a quick little break. And then on the other side, we'll talk about the rest of the MPL Victoria Women's Action. Pick it. She lays it off. Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr. Hello and welcome back for the final time here on Radio Dub. Um, we do apologise if you are listening to this live. Some technical difficulties, but um, they will be fixed. They will be fixed. But you can always catch us on the podcast, which you're probably listening to, let's be honest. Yep. And we really appreciate you listening on the podcast um, and spending your time with us. Oscar, a couple more games we'll go through. Um, yep. We're not going to go through all the games from last weekend. And that's not because we don't like every club. <laughs> it's just because... Time limitations. Time limitations and also, you know, life. But... Uh, <laughs> life. <laughs> and we'll probably... If we didn't talk about your team this week, we'll probably talk about them next week. Most it's probably likely. Or most, we spoke about them last week. Or we spoke about them above. heavily last week. So. For example, I mean, Box Hill beat Southern United this weekend. I mean, we did a big thing on them last week. They we did. continue to, to pick up the wins. They're continuing Sophia to... Sofia Sakalas keeps doing Sofia Sakalas things. They're up to seventh now. Yeah. They're, they're just, I mean, what, seven points from the top of the table even. So they're, they're, uh, they're looking good, Box Hill. Keep an eye out for them. They are looking very, very good. We'll talk about one, we'll talk about one game just quickly off the top. Bayside taking on Burundara, which mm. was the game you commentated, Oscar. Yes. I will say this, yeah. I've been saying it on the pod. I don't know. I've, maybe I haven't. Maybe I've just been saying it to people in conversation. But I love Bayside. Or in your head, yeah, yeah sure. I love Bayside so much. They are so much fun. They will not win every game. They might get thrashed 5-0. But they also could win 5-4. And I could have a great, great Saturday. They are so much fun. They have so many threats. And a big win for them over Burundara, who were top of the table uh, heading into last weekend, I believe. And uh, 
Oscar, you saw it closer than anybody else uh, besides being on the field. How, how was it? <laughs> You're right. I, I wasn't physically on the pitch. That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, you say they don't win every game. They have won five of their last seven, yeah. which which isn't every game, but they're they're doing the whole winning thing they pretty are. well as they're doing well. They're pretty well. It's, uh, yeah, look, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I was slightly underwhelmed on the whole by this game just because my expectations were so yes, high. You were excited. I was expecting excited. a four-all draw. That's really what I was here for, or like yeah. a no, six-five. Actually, you said this last week. You were expecting lots and lots of goals. Yeah, yeah. I was. And maybe both coaches were as well, so they perhaps took a step back. Uh, it looked to be going kind of how we might think it does when Korea Aquino pounced on a defensive error to, to put Burundara 1-0 up within the first 20 minutes. It was an incredible strike. It was so much power behind it, and it just continued to go all the way into the back of the net. And from that point, Burundara looked relatively content to hold on to control. They were like, oh, we don't need to push ourselves too but hard. Was it a case of their defensive... Because we've seen them a couple of times. Their defensive lapses kind of let other teams back in the game. Is that yeah. Was it a defensive mistake or how are you feeling about that? Well, I think that they recognised that the greatest threat the Bayside was going to pose was going to be in transition. So they kind of said, let's not throw too much forward because that will expose us at the end. So it was a lot of possession in the second half in Burundara's territory and Bayside kind of just looking to find a way through, not overly successfully. They did eventually get it from a penalty, which which Olivia Bomford won and then converted. So that was the the breakthrough, really, that, that, that Bayside needed. And they continued to to look more likely after they scored as well. They, they were the, the better team across the course of the game, Bayside. They deserved to win. It was Kayla Deaver, of course, who's been a star this season. And I know that you speak very highly of Kayla Deaver, Bakurin, and we saw it again on Saturday, why, why that's the case, uh, who, who scored the goal, which ended up being the winner. Although that wasn't the end of the drama and the excitement because after Kayla Deaver made it 2-1, there was a whole bit of extra stuff at the end where Izzy Fernandez looked to have scored uh, a third goal, which was ruled out for offside, and it was very tight and it was very even. So Bayside thought they'd won it. It looked like it was all all wrapped up. And then a couple minutes after that, Kayla Diva got sent off uh, for a second yellow card for time-wasting is, I think, what uh, Caitlin Williams opted for. Can I be honest? Yeah. That feels a bit harsh, you know. It, it was. There was In no the doubt 90, that it was harsh. 94th minute of the mm. game, that feels a bit... Sometimes we need to put the, the cards away. Okay. The, there's no doubt it was harsh. It is... It is Caitlin Williams's style, I think, and yeah. that she 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 has standards, and if you don't meet those standards, she how will much follow time through. was there an extra time um, oh. added on? That that was like maybe the last two minutes of the game or oh, something Lord, like come that. On. So respectfully, were, it was it was yeah. So they were they were it, it wasn't trust the refs though, of course. Super yeah, of course, <laughs> absolute respect to, absolute to our respect. referees. The game wouldn't happen without them. Exactly, uh, but it was. It was a, kind of one of those where Kayla Diva was going to go take the throw in and then drop the ball when her hand could have been slippery. Christina Sousa. Was it? It was, look, it was, there's no doubt it was a deliberate. <laughs> no, ploy I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make take excuses. I'm trying time. to make excuses, players. I like this is what's happening. Though. But anyway, so that that's what happened. Uh, but it didn't matter in the end because, I mean, except for if it means that Kayla Diva misses next week, which presumably she now will. Uh, but big win for Bayside into the top four at the end of the night, which was which was a huge result. And indeed, they still are in the top four, which is, it's it's easy to forget just how far they've come. And of course, that they benefit from the expansion of the competition and the kind of dilution of quality. But they've been, they've gone above and beyond any expectations so far this season. They certainly have. And I think that obviously with the expansion league, it's helped them out tremendously. But I, I think that a lot of people would have walked into this season, looked at all the teams available and said, they're probably going to finish... Bottom four. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people would have said. Mm. But Bayside, they refused to buy into that. And there were only three points off first from South Melbourne. Obviously, the goal difference is a bit it's a bit iffy. They're only on the plus two and South Melbourne. And South Melbourne, Burundara plus eight and Bullen is plus seven. So there is a big gap there. But I think it's uh, deserved from Bayside. I, I think they, they play a fun brand of football. Um, it's not perfect. Uh, it's not, you know, the beautiful. It's not the beautiful game, and it's most beautiful. But they work really hard as a team, and I, I'm a big fan of Miwa Sasaki and Olivia Bomford, and uh, you know, those two, those two in that midfield, they just do their thing. Miwa the Sasaki is just a star, star, it's fantastic, but brilliant. I think we've talked of, uh, uh, on this. I don't know if it's been on the pod or just 
just in conversation, but about how much fun the Japanese players are to mm. this league. And they're consistently right up there with the best players in their team. Yeah, consistently. And it's the, the style of football, the control uh, that they have at all times. And uh, we saw that with uh, Miri from Preston yesterday mm. as well. And uh, they're just such an incredible talent. And I wish that we, the A-League women's was, the visa rules were a little bit more different because I think the league would benefit so much from having a larger import of Japanese players because I think they add so much quality and they're so technically gifted that it's a little bit, it's great to see them in the NPL, but when you watch some of those players, you're always like, almost like, I could actually see you playing in an A-League women's side and doing a, a very good job. Mm. And it's just the, the case of these visa spots for some of these clubs are going to some maybe high profile players and things like that, that I think maybe some clubs would be better off just actually looking to the NPL and, and seeing what great Japanese players we have there and, and seeing if they'd fit their squad. And of course, the A-League will still be concerned, of course, with promoting development of Australian no, players. Of that course, will, of course, course, be a priority. Of course, of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, and that's, but I, I totally agree with your yeah, point of, of how much I, I, quality not, they I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I'm just saying the the league would benefit as a whole for mm. having just a, 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 a more because I think it, of the league yeah, would go and up, I, I think that's the ultimately ultimate development of women's football, having more opportunities for for players and uh, and the scouting having a, a bigger reach because we're seeing players from all over the world come to the MPL and do really well, and I think that we're missing out on those those talented players. And two of the best of them on on show when Miwa Sasaki and Korea Rikino played for for Burundara and Bayside, and just to to go to Burundara for a second, who have been top of the league for just about the whole season and just lost that spot over the weekend because of that loss. I do wonder if it's... They're, they're, they've always played such a high-risk game style and I'm not sure if there was an element of tiredness within it, but I, I'm not sure it's exactly helping them for them to be at all more conservative with the way they, they no. do it. They've been successful just saying, we're going to outscore you every time you go forward. We'll go forward harder in the transition. And that's gotten them so many goals, and that's what's allowed them to be so successful. And it felt like they went a little bit away from that uh, on the weekend against Bayside, and that's really what they were punished for. Uh, but, you know, there's still just such an immense amount of quality. And if you look at their upcoming fixtures, they're playing, they're not playing the teams who are up there in the top four with them in general. Uh, they've got Box Hill, Alamein, Preston, Calder, and Southern are the next five fixtures, which, based on their form in the first part of the season, they're all games you that you very much expect them to win. So they got Box Hill. For, so upcoming for Burundara is, let me just get it back up again, is Box Hill. Really difficult. That's a tough, you're that's right, that, really is, that is a tough game. I haven't, that, that, that should be a really entertaining game as well. Box Hill, then Alamein. Could be tough depending on which Alamein show up on the day, respectfully. And I'd say a similar thing about Preston and Calder, yeah. who are the next two opponents. And then they've got Southern United. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I actually would love to see the matchup between Borondara against Preston now at this point of the season because at times you see Preston sit back and they like to come through on the mm. counter as well. And I think Borondara, they are the freest when they are in transition as well. So to see, would, will we see Dan Foddenside kind of sit back and be a little bit more reserved, which yeah. I don't know if that naturally works for Preston. But, yeah, that, that's actually a really interesting tactical battle. I'd love to see I guess the point being that they're not playing any of the other teams no, in the top exactly. five. Where you compare that to Bayside, who I imagine a bit of a reversion to the mean will occur over the next month because their next four games before they're by are Heidelberg, FE Emerging, South Melbourne and Berlin. So there's the other three members of the top five alongside oh. Burundara that they're still having to play in the next So when you've read out all those names, I've just realised how... Because I'm, I'm thinking about it and I, I understand what you're saying about Bayside and... It just seems like there are so many good teams. Yeah. There are so many good teams. There is no easy win in this competition. But um, <laughs> uh, there are no easy wins in the competition. I don't no. know what you're, you're on about, Oscar. Relax, man. You made a, a fingers motion. I, I don't know. I did it, Might have been I did. involuntary. I don't That's know okay. what's going on, man. I, but, 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 uh, the I was point, just lotioning my hands. The relax, point is yeah? very true that, that the quality, the spread of the quality across the league is making it so much more enjoyable this time around. And it's not so concentrated in one or two teams like Calder and Berlin. And we're really seeing every team, like as is best exemplified by Bayside and Burundara, really giving it a crack and taking it to these teams that we'd expect to see at the top of the table. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, 
this weekend. What game are you... You're not calling a game this weekend, are you? I'm not calling a game this weekend, no, unfortunately. But that doesn't mean that I won't be keeping an eye on them and watching plenty because every week I'm excited. Obviously, we've got the Friday night FE emerging against Boleyn, so another game that Boleyn should win, and it'll be interesting to see how they test themselves. It's South Melbourne who have the bye. And from the other four fixtures, oh, I mean, they're all such evenly matched teams, really. I feel like there's a lot to learn. I, I, I maintain that the Burundara Box Hill could be yeah. the most entertaining uh, in terms of just the stars of play that those two teams bring. And it'll be a real test to see if Burundara are on the slide or if they can quickly pull themselves back up, as well as for Box Hill. So that's probably the one that I'm most excited yeah, to see. Yeah, I've got... I'm commentating the Heidelberg taking on Bayside, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I haven't Huge. seen Heidelberg in person yet. I've seen Bayside a couple times, so that'll be a really interesting game, and mm. I think that is also a really big game for the competition as well. And then, of course, Calder Preston. That's a lot of fun. We, we're I think, kind of, I think we're not... uh, a friend of the show, G. Raj, is commentating uh, yes. that, that game with Han Solo, I believe. Yes. And they're, they're, they're the two kind of enigmas of the competition up to this point. We don't really know what they're going to bring on a week-to-week basis, and we've seen highs and lows. So I'm very curious to see if Calder can actually start consistently playing well again, as well as for Preston, who, who we were on the whole pretty impressed with, I think, last night against South Melbourne. Yeah, I think they were... Unlucky to, you know, yeah, they were unlucky. But, uh, Oscar, thank you for joining me here on Radio Dub and thank you for whoever's listening. We really, really appreciate it. And thanks to Brianne Reid as well for joining us on the pod. We really appreciated her time and, and getting to pick her brain in football and uh, we appreciated her sticking through us as we continue to make her uncomfortable about appraising her. Sticking through us indeed. No, but <laughs> sure, no, I, I get what you're getting at. No, for sure. She, she was a very good sport and, and she had such an interesting story and so much good stuff to say. Absolutely. But uh, bye for now and we'll see you next week. Pick it. She lays it off. Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute peach. Here's Dre.